and welcome to Remember When with Dion Adore, a podcast where I, Dion Adore, ask my guests to remember when. Did I tell you to do a Remember When moment? You did, but now I'm trying to remember what That's I right. thought I would remember last night and I can't remember. So let's just see what just we remember. Just as long as I've asked you, just John to me there, I might not have asked I you. I know you texted me yesterday. I should have texted you on Friday, yeah. but I didn't bother. So now I'm telling you that was, it wasn't even a text, it was a voice note. That's Who does voice notes? But, so this is the podcast where I ask my guests to remember when something happened in pop culture history that they'd like to share with us today. Um, before I introduce today's guest, who's just introduced himself basically via his voice, because it's quite a recognisable voice, um, you can go on Belfast's best adult night out. That sounds really like it's going to be dirty, but it's not. It's a Home Alone at the Grand Opera House this Christmas geohitch.co.uk for tickets we'll put the link in the description don't listen to me don't take my word on it listen to Buzz from actual original Home Alone who sent a video saying it'll be the best night out ever yes we paid him whatever but um, he thinks it's going to be great so Pete is definitely going my guest this week is, is DJ Cool FM breakfast broadcaster all around legend Peter Snodden Oh, full name and all, wow, we. Before we start, because I know this is Envision. Yeah. I had a something about Mary moment before I came into the studio today. With your hair? Mm. So what happened was, I uh, I need a haircut. Right, so do I. And I haven't got around to that yet. So uh, I brought a little bit of wax with me in my, in my pocket, because I have a headphone hair after the show this morning. And I went into the toilet and I took my wax out after... A, I did number one, and then I was, and there was a big clump of it right at the front, mm-hmm. and um, I'm quite paranoid about it, so I kept on doing this, and I just fixed my hair before we started, you notice that? And now the cameras are on, I have to say, can you notice? There was a big clump of wax there, we might Oh, ago. was there? There was, obviously notice. it's disappeared now, so there you go. Do you know what that proves? What's that? You care way more about what you look like than what anyone else thinks, and I don't mean no. you specifically, but I do mean you specifically, but I mean us all. No, it's not that. It's just because... Um, I think you think more people will notice that shit. Like, more people will notice. Maybe I'm depicting myself totally wrong, because generally I don't really care. Anyway. You must have a permanent strip then across your head from headphones. I am shocked that I don't have a ball patch across yeah. there. Um, but uh, but thankfully I don't. I've got my dad. My dad's jeans. My dad had a good head of hair. Bless right. his, rest his soul. Mind you, in saying that, he went grey. It was almost like when he turned 40... I remember being on holidays once and we were in France and he came out of the sea and I would like to say it was a wee bit like Daniel Craig right. coming out, you know. He was wearing budgie smugglers, granted. Okay. This is the... Shouldn't be fancying your dad, Pete. No, no, I definitely wasn't fancying my dad. But anyway, he comes out of the sea in the budgie smugglers <laughs> and he walks up and we've taken a caravan to France and he comes to caravans hooked on the back of the car and he comes out of the ocean and he's walking up the steps and my mum and I just laughed at him because he must have had all this grey hair underneath this mop of black. And whatever way the wind was blowing, it was suddenly like we just revealed, got, revealed all the grey. <laughs> and he goes, what's wrong, what's wrong? And I'm instead just laughing as a kid. Obviously, his pride would have been dented. As I said, you've got a full head of grey hair. Like, when did you turn into Santa? <laughs> and, um, and, and I always remember that moment. And I think to myself, I'm coming towards that age yeah. that that could be me someday. Yeah. So thankfully, it's not. And everyone thinks I dye my hair. But listen, east of the room. But what is it about men and their hair? Is it because it's one of the few cosmetic things they can control on a daily basis? Obviously, women have like makeup and tan and more options for clothes. Men and their hair, like my whole dad's side of the family are obsessed with their hair and most of them don't have any. And they're like my granddad, he did the comb over for years when I was a child. He was holding on to the last couple of strands and he just combed them over to create that sort of like I've got more hair on my head effect. And when I was maybe one or two, do you know your parents are the only people who can understand what their toddlers are saying? Everyone else is like, I don't know, what's your child saying? And I was going, Granda, so we were at the beach and my granda's comb over was flapping up in the wind like a, like a sail on a boat. It was like up in the air. And I was like, granda's hair is broken. <laughs> and my, mom, my granda was like, what's she saying? That's cute. And my mom was like, I, don't, she, I think she's talking about a boat or something. Like she's, talk, she's not, definitely not talking about your broken hair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in answer to your question, I don't know whether it's all blokes or not. I make it sound right now that I do care a lot. 
I just the thing I, I like to be short at the side. My hair just grows out. Yeah, just grows out. Yeah, so I quite like to be quite short and needed to side. But anyway, listen. No matter what I say here right now, it sounds um, like you care about your it hair. It sounds more like than I care, and then and then you'll say you're protesting way too much, and then I'm yeah. just digging even more of a hole. So let's just move on. <laughs> let's not talk about your hair anymore. <laughs> Although we kids now, all the boys get perms. My stepsons all have perms. Oh, I shouldn't have outed them. I've done that before. Try haven't try filling twenty hours a week on radio and uh, at at a stage that, that all goes. You just tell everyone secrets. I just tell everyone everything. And whenever I first got married, Julia was working at Coca Cola at the time, and she worked in the factory. And oh, I heard your husband say hey, this, that, and the other. And I remember coming home, and um, here, why did you tell everyone that this morning? And then after a wee while, that all goes. Yeah. And then she just goes, "Oh, did I?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way it is. She's not giving you information to say on it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I walk around just taking notes. Just, just <laughs> slavering. <laughs> so have you ever gotten in trouble about something you've said on her? Have you ever said something and it's like, no, you shouldn't have said that. That's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, absolutely. But but now I, I can't remember. It was that long ago. It was, mm-hmm. it was before the kids came along. Once the kids came along, then, you know, there's too much else to think about. I cursed on the radio before by accident because I had been misinformed. I was on remember Blast 106. I remember. It's still there. It's still there. Yes. Is it I? Oh, well, the juice is there and yeah, Blast is still there. Well, I went, we, whenever we'd started off doing like s- sketches, like say over like over 10 years ago. And by the way, if it's not, I'm really sorry, but I I know, I, yeah. I'm still under the impression it is. Well, it probably is. And we'd went on, to, my sketch group had went on to do an interview and I was almost certain that from the front door to the thing, someone said, because it was like, like 10 o'clock at night, someone had told us, by the way, you don't like you, you, this isn't a clean show. You can curse on this one, and, and then I dropped the f bomb, and I was like, and the guy just went straight to an ad, and I was all, "What's happened?" And he was like, "You can't curse on radio," and I was all, "No, I know on normal radio we can't, but I thought you said that this was like different." And he was like, "No, where have you got your information from?" I love that. Using said, using <laughs> said we could. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I've had a, I've had a few moments in my time on air. Um, and thankfully, I've got away with them all. Touch wood. Have you ever had somebody else on where you've had to get rid of them really quickly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. First, first time. So I phoned up someone to tell them they'd won a thousand pounds. And I said, hi, it's Pete Snodden. And then they dropped the F-bomb. Oh, God. And then I went, you've just won one thousand pounds or whatever it was. And then they dropped the F-bomb again. And then, of course, in my... I was so young at the time. and I didn't really know what to do. And I was like... Everyone at Cool FM apologizes, and I always remember this. Like everyone, and a couple of people came down from. So we're we're apologizing yeah, too. Yeah, Everyone's yeah. apologizing too. It was just three really, weeks later. PK is like, I want to apologize for Pete's show this uh, morning. Every, uh, I'm really everyone apologizes, and I was like, oh, I, I just remember I was just shaking. Yeah, you know, but listen, it's part of the learning curve, isn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. Do you know um, when I first moved to Belfast when I was 18, I went to uni and I was on a fancy dress night out. And a guy who then became a good friend of mine was dressed up as you. And do you know what he did? Listen, I'll be, what what did he do? He put headphones on his head Uh and then he got a straw and put the straw like that and then it sat across the front of his mouth. I thought it looked quite piloty, like he might be chartering a plane. Or call centre or call centre. Maybe you were, were you in a call centre at the time? I wasn't, but there's absolutely 15, nothing wrong with it. No. Yeah, but f- 15 years ago. And he was like, and he was dressed up as Pete Snodden. Well, wait, I'd never had one of those microphones. Now, granted, when I've done some live, like, you know, an event or whatever, sometimes they put those wee, wee thin wire ones, but I've never had one of the proper big, thick, yeah. sort of pilot type mics. That tends to be, I think, if people are hosting something that's really noisy in the background. Like sports, no? That's all you, all you ever see. Oh, well, people. you do, yeah, yeah, if you're in a stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're like Jeff Stelling, Soccer Saturday. Yeah. Going over to whoever in yeah. whatever stadium. Yeah. Yeah, but so then, so his costume was crap then, is what you're basically saying? Yeah. Um, I, I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crap yeah, costume. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Fair play. I take that as a huge compliment. Of course like, it is. If, if you were going out for fancy dressing, why in your right mind would you want to be me? Like, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'll take the compliment, but like, that's, that's wick. But also, it was 15 years ago. So it wasn't, this is like, you were obviously doing well 15 years ago. For there to be a costume of you, people, there's nobody dressing up as me yet. Still, <laughs> listen, it's just past Halloween. Every single person, I think, probably apart from me, has put on their uh, Instagram or whatever the, you know, you know the the the, the meme that's doing the rounds with, 
you know, fancy dress outfit for whatever. I'm sure there's a Fiona Doherty one knocking around. Oh, and, aye, that uh, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the kit. Was there a Pete Snowden one? No, there wasn't. Oh. But 15 years was... ago, the guy should have had it on 15 years ago. Would have been well ahead of the curve. What would be in that kit? So it was like a, it was like a picture, if anyone doesn't know, it was a picture of a, like a Halloween, the bag, you get your Halloween costume on it. And then it was like, you say, I don't know. I don't know who, who Frank Mitchell. I, why am I talking about Frank Mitchell again? Frank, like, Mitchell, Frank Mitchell was on this podcast what two weeks ago? Yeah, three weeks ago. And I, was, I was about to say Frank Sinatra, but anyway, and then like a list of the things that are relevant for that person. What would be in the Pete Snodden kit if you wanted to dress up as Pete Snodden? Not a straw, anyway. We've established no, no. a microphone. There'd be nothing. Microphone headphones. Wick, <laughs> wick. What is? What's your favorite thing to watch on TV at this moment in time? I don't really have a favourite at the moment. Um, I'll tell you my favourite TV show of all time. Yeah. Entourage. Entourage is amazing. It's just, for me, the best TV show. I I love so many elements of it. The Ari Gold character. Um, amazing. Which is based on a real life person. Yeah. Ari Emanuel is just class. Jeremy Piven was just amazing. Lloyd just takes me to the fair. I mean, it's so inappropriate now. Um, the relationship between the best mates um, is just it's just so good in so many isn't levels. Isn't he called Hitch? Hitch? Huh? H? His no. friend's called... No, so it? Eric E. E! E, That's right? much easier. You yeah, don't get yeah, in trouble yeah. with that one. And, <laughs> and the thing I love is just the relationship between them all. They've got this life that I think everyone probably aspires to have in some shape or form but it's so unrealistic on so many levels it's just pure escapism mm -hmm. and I'll tell you now you see if I'm having say I'm having a bit of a down day or something like that and I've got an hour to myself I'd stick it I'd pick any episode of any yeah, series I would just stick it on and it just takes me to a happy place Well, so when did you watch that when it originally came out I found it probably about three years after it came out and I found it because my mate Alex I was going on I was flying I was doing a long haul flight to I don't know whether it's going to America or I think I could have been you know what I was going I was going to the States right. and he says to me this is how long ago it was he says to me have you watched Entourage and I said no he says you would love Entourage so I'm in Heathrow Airport and I walk into HMV, as it mm -hmm. was then, and I bought Seasons 1 to 4 in a box set. And I had, do you remember, you had the wee yes, DVD the wee player? portable, wee portable DVD, DVD yeah, player. Yeah. And the whole time I was there for over just over two weeks, I was before, before we were going out at night, I was binging it. Yeah. It's class. See, Mark Wahlberg, did he write that or create that? Yeah, he did. But it was loosely based in his life. Yeah. Do you know there's a character in it called Sloane? And... Is that E's girlfriend? It is E's girlfriend, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you're looking very coy there. No, no, I'll be honest with you because she is mega hot. Beautiful looking she girl. She's a beautiful looking girl. I and would actually, love to have called my daughter Sloan, okay. only I, I'm convinced my husband fancies the girl Sloan from us as I can't now. Okay, so whenever my daughter was born, we were putting together a list of names yeah. and I had Sloan down. Yeah. Because there's two Sloans, so right? So I was like, I right. Yeah, exactly. Definitely not. So there's two Sloans. So first up, there's Sloan and Entourage. Yeah. And then if you remember, have you ever watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Yeah. It's one of my favourite movies mm -hmm. of all time. And Matthew Broderick, just, oh, just incredible. Anyhow, um, he had a girlfriend in First Bueller's Day Off who was Sloane Peterson. Yeah, yeah. And as a, as, as a young fella growing up, um, I have to say, Sloane Peterson was hot. Yeah. And that, that so, so that's the thing is, are you going to name your daughter after no. somebody no. that you think's hot? No. That's bizarre. No. Also, Sloane, this, the sound of it obviously reminds me of Sloth from the Goonies. Hmm. Also, Sloane Snodden. What a what a rubbish Sloan name. Snodden. Sloan Snodden. Sloan Snodden sounds like an old woman who lives in a shoe. Absolutely <laughs> horrific. Like oh, Snodden, Snodden, Snodden as a name, by the way, is like my cousin actually thanked me at one stage because he says, like growing up with that name, it's just it's wick. Like you see, whenever I was a kid, I was wanting to be like a Smith or a Jones or just something that. Didn't had had nothing yeah, attached. It doesn't sound in, weird. Instead of snotters, snatters, all that eye stuff. Mm. And as a child, you know, I just remember that being. Um, I sort of I didn't really like my name. Be honest. Mm. And it was well, you're Christmas, so you have to you have to use it. And then the reason why, whenever I came into Radio World, why I didn't change it because mm. let's face it, it could be anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because if you think about the broadcasters of the 90s that came through on Atlantic 252 with, you know, Sandy Beach and, you know, um, all these yeah, other names that came yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could have changed my name. And I didn't. And that was because, honestly, 
just to prove to all those punters she said I couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, why would you change it as well? Because it's like, you know, that's a pride thing. That's like, the, well, yeah, the, I, yeah. And also, I think now, you see, back then, I mean, it was such a, I think there was this whole thing about, you know, you need to sound a certain way and you need to say yes. things a certain way and da 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 Whereas now we're living through that period where it's all about authenticity, right? And I think that that is so important on so many levels. Um, and also, you see, if you had to have a certain type of voice to be on radio, I wouldn't have got a job. Pete, do you see the radio voice people do on different stations? No matter how good of a presenter they are, it makes me it makes me want to die inside. Like the, do you like the pretend DJ voice, which you have never done? Like you use your own voice on the radio. Yeah, but well, do that's you think I've got. Yeah, but you see people like they they be talking together, and all of a sudden they're in DJ land, yeah. and you're like, that's so mad. How'd that happen? It's just people are doing it, but people still people say to me, you know, hey, how, 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 you know, you have to have a certain type of. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. I mean, you wouldn't put. You would. I don't think I could. <laughs> I think many people were going. Have we sped the radio up to begin with? And what is she saying? But that's one thing about this part of the world because we do speak really, really, fast, really yeah. fast. And um, and I I have slowed down an awful lot. But I think that's just because I still haven't slowed down a hell of a lot. Because you just so quick. <laughs> no, I think I've just slowed down because I'm more comfortable. I think whenever you first start yeah. and you're you're like your head's going like a million miles an hour and you're thinking about all the buttons and what you're going to do and what you're going to say and how you're going to say it. There's, there's a lot going on there. Mm. And then the wee processor in your head's going. Yeah. And then after a wee while, it's just like driving a car. So all this stuff becomes secondary and you're just thinking about what you say. So what are you saying? Your cousin thanked you for not just, just, for like no, making the name not rare? That's, well, yes, I mean, some people still go snodding. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you know, they, they, you know, yeah, he goes, well, at least it's I'm not sure, as bad. Because I don't know any other snoddens. It's not a very There's not many not common around, name. Like, no, it's definitely not. So are they all related to you, the ones No, that are no, because they're all spelled different, well, differently. So they're like, there's E-N, O-N. There's one, there's, I think there's a snodden rocking about with one D. I've got two Ds. Uh, there's not that oh. many. And apparently, not that I'm one for doing family history, but I did hear that... Snodden, Snedden. Do you remember your man Snedden? He was on like Fame Academy or something years ago? No. David Snedden, he was from Scotland. N- was he a contestant? Yes. No. Oh, was he wee? He was wee. I remember him. Aye. So Wait, any- David Snedden. <laughs> but David Snedden could have been a Snodden at one point, but apparently a way back in the day, long before Bill Gates came around with Microsoft, right? Right. They had to write everything. No way. And then the handwriting was so bad that a lot of, the, a lot of people's names came about because... Whenever they look back at the records, they weren't written down right in the first. So, like, E's could have been O's. Ah, so they just got changed over time? Yeah. Apparently so. Well, I've obviously went from, well, I'm still Doherty. Like, this is the thing, as we say Doherty. Because ah, you're showbiz. In Derry. But, I, yes, so I still have the name, like, my, my original name. But it's not my legal name. My legal name is Hegarty. But, but I bet you still got your original email at hotmail.com that you still use. Yeah, yeah. That's my wife through and through. Yeah. Will not change it. Not change it. But mine's actually Dionna Doherty 1. At Hotmail because I lost the password to my Dion Adorni at Hotmail. So Again, I had that's to... something like my wife would do. She used to be a Hotmail.com, but she's a Hotmail.co.uk because, again, she lost the she password. She lost it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what happens. But I went from an, my maiden name to my, like, moral name. Like, they're so similar. Like, Doherty and Hegarty. Like, they're basically the same name. And in Derry, there's a cafe, uh, like, a uh, a bakery called Doherty's next door to a bar called Hegarty's. They're right next door to each other. I get sent that photograph all the time. That's class. I mean, she can have donuts and pints together. What a day out. That's what we did for our wedding. Just stood outside the two shops, (laughs) eating donuts and drinking pints all day. (laughs) Sounds good. How long are you married? Trick question. Oh, shit. Uh, 15 years in June just passed. That's quite a, that's a, that's a milestone, isn't it? Is 15 a milestone? Uh, or do you have to wait to get to 20 now? No, I, I mean, I think every year's a milestone. Oh. Um, yeah, I think every year's a milestone. But yeah, 15 years, it's flown by. Yeah. Time time goes so quickly. It's genuinely scary. And, and I didn't used to think about it that way. Like I used to, right up until quite recently, right? I still worked in school years. Yes! So it's like September's oh, the start of the year. Yeah. But now I'm not. Now I'm a fully fledged adult. Now my year finishes in December and the new year starts in January. Which is so wrong. Yeah. I, even though I've got kids who go to school and yeah. my wife works in a school. So we, we, like we do the school calendar in our house. But I'm a fully fledged adult. Are you I mean, we're coming to the school? end of the year. Are you out of school longer than you were in it? Yeah. 
Which is why I think your brain has now shifted because you're now out of school longer than... It's funny. It's funny. You're only in school. If if you go to secondary school and do A-levels, you're there for seven years, right? And like that seven years plays such a massive part in your life. Yeah. But in in reality, it's such a small part of your life. Yeah. I was away in September there with boys that I went to school with. We went to Spain for a few days. And um, these guys, the last time I was on holidays with them, was Magaluf 1998. Aye. And Different kind of holiday this time? It was the, well, there were some similarities. Mm-hmm. Um, but I tell you what, the crack was amazing. But that bond that you have from school mm-hmm. and the, the crack that we had, we, you just pick up where you left off. It was just... And everyone's at different stages in their life now and whatever, but it was absolutely amazing. And I really, <clears> really, really enjoyed it. And, I mean, I know school's not for everybody, and I had my moments in school too, which were really difficult. But... Um, but reaffirming those friendships and stuff so many years on and you have that something in common. Mm. I, it was just, it was class. <laughs> because there's such formative years to you and because that's when all the shit happens to you. That's when you find out, who, try and start figuring out who you are and that's when you have your like first boyfriends and first girlfriends and your breakups and all that sort of thing and you experience those with other people who are going through the same thing and so that those things never leave you. Like I still have, my best friends are still the best friends I had from when I was 10, you know, like, they're still. I have matching tattoos with one of my best friends. Tell me this. Embarrassing. I'm not. Go- well, if you want to tell us what the tattoo is, that'd be great. Oh, it's a Chinese symbol that I think means friendship, but could it mean anything. And where'd you get it? On my hip. No, okay. <laughs> I mean, sorry. Oh, in Belfast. <laughs> <laughs> but now, do you, you see? I've got this thing about tattoos, right? Yeah. I I I quite like tattoos. Yeah. Right. Do you have any? No, I don't. Okay. And there's a reason why I don't. Mm-hmm. It's a wee bit like, for instance, I'm wearing this shirt today. Yeah. If I decide tomorrow that I don't like this shirt, yeah. then I'll give it to the charity shop. Yeah. And it's away. I I think that I would get something at a time and then in years to come look at it and go, don't really like it anymore. 100%. I think you need to get somewhere you don't see that often. So I have a tattoo on my back as well. I have a tramp stamp on the bottom of my back and I'll tell you, right, I got Hold that. on a wee second. That's a very derogatory phrase. I know you can say that about yourself because you've put it on yourself. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I, I don't like that term. That's what people just call it. I know that's what they call it, yeah. but I'm just saying I don't like it. Well, if you've seen mine, you'd agree. <laughs> <laughs> I was 15. I was on holidays with my mum and dad in Grand Canaria. And I was like, I really wanted to get a tattoo. My friends were all going through this phase of getting their belly buttons pierced. And I was like, I'm going to do one better. And I'm going to get a tattoo. And my dad is like, you're not getting a tattoo. You're way too young. And I was like, but if you came with me, and you were there to oversee that I was also, I was a really independent, like I did really well in school. I wasn't like a wee rep or anything. I was really good as a teenager. And my daddy was like, right, if this is a decision you want, if you really want to get this, I will come with you and I will sit with you and I will like help choose the tattoo. He chose what looks like an upside down crab. Like it's like this here. It's, hor- it's, it's horrific. And when I was getting it done, they were like, we'll put on the TV to try and distract you because it's obviously going to be painful. You're only 15. They put on Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> I was just watching this massacre, like just the most horrific yeah. stuff. While uh, It did detra- de- like distract from the pain, though, to be quite fair, because it's like, well, these, there's much worse happening <laughs> than this tattoo. So I did some tattoo parlor at 15 in Grand Canaria. You know what, for a play to your dad, in terms of allowing you to make that decision, yeah. and him backing you 100%, because I don't know how I'd feel if my daughter I know. came along. Same here. My niece got her belly button pierced. Right. So she's in third form. She got her belly button pierced, I don't know, last year or something. So my brother and sister-in-law, um, she was at them and at them and at them and at them and at them. Yeah. You wear them down. That's how it works. Yeah, right. And of course they said, well, here, if you do A, B, C and D mm-hmm. for the next week... No bother thinking she'll, she'll never, never do it. And of course she did it. Yeah. And then they had to go through with it. I don't know how I would do with my daughters coming to me and saying, here, I want a tattoo at 15. Never will you see a child excel more than when you offer them like a tattoo or a piercing at the end of it. They will, they'll get there. Mind you, the whole piercing thing, you see, you get that infected. That's not a good thing. Oh, just clean it ways up. Get a no, bath. No, 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 no. Because no, I've seen a couple of, I've seen a couple of dodgy ones like I got my belly button pierced whenever I was like 12. Like it was a different time. 
Absolutely. It was a different like, time, but also I, my, that same thing my dad said to me, if you get all A's in your Christmas exams, you can get your belly button pierced. We're and going down. So what happened at eight? What <laughs> happened at six? <laughs> Moved out. <laughs> Got me an apartment. <laughs> yeah. I think my parents were very liberal, but they were also like, if that's what you really want to do, they just respected my decision and they made sure I went through the, like did, did it correctly and, and all. And will you be the same? Absolutely not. Do you know why? I, as much as, like I... I know that I was also crafty as a teenager and was going out and doing things that, like, you know, being out later than I was supposed to do and doing all that sort of stuff. But my mom and dad wouldn't have known. They would still think I was just so good as a teenager. And I'm like, like with my stepsons, they'll say something to me and I'll immediately be like, I know you're lying because I lied the same lie when I was your age. I know exactly what you're like. I know you're talking shit. Whereas Sean would be so much more, he would just he'd take everything at face value. So I'm expecting everyone to lie to me, basically, okay. Pete. Okay, yeah, yeah. When did you start going out? What do you mean out? Like out, out. 13. So you were in a bar or a nightclub at 13? Yeah. That must have been some makeup you had on. I I knew the bouncers. <laughs> My next door neighbour was a bouncer in a bar in Derry. And he used to walk in and he'd be all, like, whoever was on him, he was actually really dead on. And I think in a way he'd be like, go on ahead on in because we know this place is full of underage. Like, it's all kids in this nightclub. And... You'd walk in and the bouncers would be all, you should spend your first communion money the night, girls. <laughs> and you'd be like, well, no confirmation money, but and they would still let you in. My my dad, and I, I've always remembered this, and I, I I hope that I can I can do this myself with having two girls. Mm-hmm. So whenever I started going out, he used to say to me, he would have much preferred me to have been in somewhere. So in a club or a bar. Down in the streets. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Then, then knocking around street corners. Mm-hmm. And I always remember that. And he was like, don't take the hand. I'll come and pick you up. Just let me know where you are. Yeah. And I always respected that. And I went to where I said I was going to go, provided to get in. And he came and got me after. And I always said to myself, I have to remember that. Because if I ever have kids, I'll try and adopt the same same yeah. strategy. Mind you, in, in years to come, we'll see what happens. Because <laughs> I think if you're, if you're like lenient about it if you go yeah you can go do that but just be open with me about it it's fine like they're less likely to like oh I like whenever I was growing up my mum's diabetic so we never had sweets in our house like we never had on a Saturday night we got a tip top a packet of Opal Fritz and a packet of Skips and that was our height of our sweets in our house right tip top what colour at purple and I would go I think my brother would get a blue one bubble gum I was like don't want to die in my mouth and then we'd get Opal Fritz like commonly known as Starburst now and a packet of prawn cocktail Skips and that was my that was my party on a Saturday night, and it was brilliant and I loved it. But then when I it was like then when I moved to Belfast and I was eighteen and I had a student loan, I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna buy all the sweets, I'm gonna eat sweets as much as I want because I was so deprived of sweets growing up. So that's the thing: give your kids sweets every day, and they'll never and they'll always eat sweets for life. Yeah, or, <laughs> give, or give them sweets every day, right? And then they'll have no teeth left to eat anymore. Yeah, sure. Then they can go to Turkey and get new teeth and for nothing, next to nothing. But that's, I mean, if you restrict things, I think, from your kids' loads, or if you make things out to be like a forbidden fruit or a bad thing to go do, they will go, they'll want to do that more. Like, my parents were very lenient about having, like, drinking in our house whenever we were, like, 16, they'd like, like, they would have drinks in the house with us before we went out with our friends on a night out. So I never hid it from them. I would come back and just have a good old sing song. Yeah, it sounds quite similar to mine, to be fair. Okay, you know what? I, I, uh, I'm I so thankful. You know, I talk about my parents a lot. I, I always speak probably a bit more about my, my dad because he's no longer with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're both absolute legends. Like, I love my mum to bits and she's the funniest person I know. Like, the funniest person. She lights up a room everywhere she goes. But I, I tend to always talk That's about... That's arson. <laughs> I tend to always talk about my dad because you know he's he's no longer with us and I, it's always trying to you know keep those keep, mem- those, memories keep those memories alive but I'm so thankful because I'm so aware and lots of stuff I've done through work and I'm even seeing friends and different bits and bobs that not everyone has that relationship with their parents yeah. um, and I'm so because I'm an only child I'm so thankful that I have that relationship with my mum and dad and um, I'm very, I'm so thankful of it and as you get older mm-hmm. I think you become even more aware of what they did for you and um, yeah and just very thankful I for it I think as well like so as a parent I I all the time be like was it this difficult for my for my parents too because I don't remember them I don't remember it seeming like a struggle to parent. Parenting's bloody difficult. Like no matter what age your kids are, it's always like it's a it's a lot of work. It's constant. It's like you know. But I was I don't remember. 
You just don't, because when you're a child, you have the child mentality. You don't know that your man and I have spent all day or all night doing a million things for you or have struggled financially or have all these things going on, you know, outside of playing with you, you know. Yeah, the, the one thing as well, which I really remember now, so I, I can probably tell you more about what happened in my childhood and my teenage years and all that than what I could tell you what happened last week. Mm-hmm. So I think back to my childhood and all my memories, I've so many memories of being around this, like sort of the age my girls are at now, yeah. which is coming eight and the other one's 11. And I'm thinking, God, they're making their memories. This, this is, is this is prime. This is yeah. prime time now. Yeah. They're making all their memories for the life. Be Let's put the pressure on a wee bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To entertain. Yeah, I yeah. know. Or to like make the birthdays memorable, or like the the family trips or, or days out. Do you go on holidays often, like with your wife and kids? Do you just get away much? Obviously, the pandemic put stop to that. But yeah, we get away every year. Well, we try to anyway. Mm-hmm. And I'm a I'm a real believer in. I'd much prefer to spend my money on a holiday than, An experience. than getting a new bathroom. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, so I'd much prefer that. And uh, yeah, we try to we try to get away and we spend a lot of time up in the North Coast. Um, poor Rush and in and around that way and sort of our happy place. That's, yeah. where, that's where Jules and I met up there. So, um, oh, in Port Rush? We went to uni together up in Korean. Did you? Yeah. What, were you in the same class? No, 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 no. I did... Uh, International business. That means nothing. Fifteen hours a week or something, and I could spend the rest of my time doing demos for radio. Right. And she did food technology, ma- food technology management. And what is food technology? She ended up. She wanted to be a teacher, and then, um, God, you're getting all the stories today. <laughs> she wanted to be a teacher, and then she went to do a PGC after her yeah. after her degree, and she got accepted in the course, but the course was oversubscribed, so then she had to. Wait a Do year. another thing. No, she had, yeah, so then she got a real job. Oh. And then she was in a real job for like, I don't know how many years. And then we got married and then kids came along and then she left the real job and then she went, did a classroom assistance course and now she does that. And it's great. So she spends her days in school and then has all the school holidays off. So teachers are class, right? The stamina they have is unbelievable. But I think it's absolutely mad. Like the concept of teaching to me is so bizarre. Like, do you know like people who like, so you obviously spend and how long in a school system and then you go and during that interim period, you go in and train to be a teacher. Then you go back and regurgitate all the stuff that they taught, taught you in those 15 years previous. I think that's absolutely mental. Yeah, you just never leave school. You never but, leave but school. But I tell you what, I don't know how, how, how uh, teachers do it. I have got so much respect how you have 30 kids in a class and how you demand don't respect your shit every and day. don't lose it. Yeah. Like, I, um, I've played hockey all my days, right? And yeah. now, I've, now I've been asked to go back and coach, you know, get back back and coach oh and, you and love to get to that stage in your career where they want you to give back don't right you? okay so anyway I I, and because my daughter was coming up through Ivana was playing it was always a Friday night mm-hmm. Friday nights didn't work for me because I was generally working or doing something on Friday so then uh, this year she's moved up an age group it's now Wednesday night which means I have no excuse so I have been going out one night a week going down and like See, trying to get them to pay attention That's and just worst. listen to you. I just go, how do teachers do this? I used to teach drama classes, like outside of school, do you know, like um, like workshops. And I was like, never hire me to do that again, anybody, because I was terrible at it. Like my my patience would run thin after like 10, 15 minutes. Because lots of times, to be fair, when people leave their kids to drama classes, like, like extracurricular ones, they just want a babysitter. They just want an hour where they can drop their kids off, go for a coffee and come back. And that is just what they got with me. Because I was like, to start, like, we're going to do plays and we'll do all these things. And after a while, I was like, just talk amongst, just have crack amongst yourselves. Here's a poem. Go off and learn it. And then at the end of six weeks, we'll read it out loud to your parents and we'll call it, we'll call it a session. (laughs) That's what we're going to do. And I, like, I remember the weirdest things that would come out of kids, like the strangest. We would do these games where they have to improvise. And like, I remember having these two wee kids that were about six or seven. And that's like, what you have to like improvise. Like, you know, like you're going to pretend this guy, one wee guy was all, this guy, you work for him and he's late for work and you're not very happy about it. And this wee kid was all, why are you late coming into my business? My business is going to fall apart now because you're late. Uh, am I late and he was just like losing his shit and he got so angry at this other wee boy I was like you're either like a fantastic method actor 
or somebody in your house is late all the time and you're just <laughs> regurgitating it. Like he was like, don't you ever be late again on my time? He was like six. And it was brilliant. But I was like, I haven't, I haven't taught him a single thing. I've taught him to go into a corner and just spend half an hour having fun without me. And then I would just sit and read through my phone, Pete. It was terrible. And then one by one, those classes filtered away. Not a bit. Because all they need is a babysitter. They weren't looking at me to be like, I'm not, I'm not Steven Spielberg in them. Look, I'm just there to pass the time. (laughs) Their parents just like, thanks for minding her for an hour. Just got a coffee. It was great. I admire your honesty and how you took the money with no shame. Yeah. Oh no, I volunteered. No, I'm doing that. I definitely got (laughs) paid. And also when you're like, I was like 20 and I was like, using to do something else and I'll just, I would hand them out worksheets and stuff or give them improv like that and be like go use improv and that's basically me just going away off and play so I can sit here and do something else excellent you're snookered now whenever you set up your way academy no that'll (laughs) never happen that is not something that's on the horizon did you do extracurricular stuff whenever you were younger like were you sporty or were you yeah I I I played sport so in primary school like I did I was in every team going like I'm five foot nothing, mm-hmm. and I did the high jump. That's, I mean, I was, so did I. I was involved in everything, like yeah. every, every, every sports team going. I was there, and then I got to big school and realised you're not as good as you think you are. Oh, right. Uh, but then I played, I played, so I played sport all right the way through. I played hockey on my days. Um, I, again, I played rugby at the start, and that was all great. And then you have this one teacher who says to you, "You'll do all right at that." Mm. And then they went down that, that route. And um, so having a, snur- a surname, Snodden, and playing hockey, like I've just got abuse all the time. So that was great. Um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, I did okay at that. And I play golf. I try to play golf all the time, played football. Um, and I, I love sport. Like I love sport. I love mm. watching sport. It plays such a big part of my life. Like my weekend revolves around when Liverpool are playing. Um, so does mine because yeah. it's, that's my husband revolves around Sean's life. So you've no choice but to make your life around yeah, it as well. Yeah, and then and then like I'm always on online following like local football here. Yeah, I keep an eye on the guy and what's going on. I I just like to have a good spread of what's happening in the sporting world. Like I even find myself like like you see it like. Like if there's like Australian rugby league on, mm. and I've come across it randomly on a TV, I'll I'll just it'll just be on the background. Just that's I'll like just an love addict, it. just trying to get a fix. I just love it. Yeah, absolutely love it. That's you what Sean the, says too. Sean doesn't care what he's watching as long as it's live. Yeah, like a live sport. That's yeah, what he cares. You see that? You see Sky do that um, line now. It's only live once. Oh, I'm sucked right into that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You can pause it and all, but it has to be live. Even yeah. if I pause it, go to the loo and come back, I have to fast forward to three minutes so it's live. Um, you see you know the Winter Olympics comes. Is? Yeah. Oh my God, that's classic. Give me the hurling. Or not the hurling, the curling. <laughs> Give me the curling. They're out with their, their brushes and all. That. I'm like, just, just transfixed. But they'll make a sport out of anything these days. Like so That's the weirdest thing. Like they're just chucking a thing and just like cleaning the ice. So How do you I, even train for that? Like that's all it is. Apparently, right. So in Stranraer, so the boat goes into Kern Ryan now, but it used to go into Stranraer. Mm-hmm. And whenever you got off the boat in Stranraer, as you were coming down the ramp off the boat, there was a hotel straight in front of you. I haven't been in the hotel, but that hotel's got a curling rink. So if you want to start curling, that's the place for you. I don't. Um, I love it. So, so yeah, so, so I played a lot of sport as a kid. But then the other thing for me was mixing records. Mm-hmm. So got a set of turntables at 14, 15. No YouTube, didn't know any DJs, didn't know what I was doing. And then... I just practiced and practiced and practiced. It was the one thing that I just couldn't get enough of. Like, I mean, I mean, like lived and breathed it. I used to, and I was very lucky as well because my mom didn't mind the music. Mm. So like at that stage, I was playing trance music. Oh, right. And I used to be, I'd turn up like house music and trance music. I would have had it cranked right up. And I just looked around the door. There'd be my mom, hands in the air and all, giving it loads. Oh, really? Yeah, I yeah, 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 brilliant. Did you, was it the, was it the music for you or was it the like, hosting like the broadcasting was oh, yeah. what was it that you I, I always wanted, wanted to, do? to do radio always wanted to do radio but I never thought I would have had number one the voice didn't have a DJ voice number two didn't know if, if I had anything to say right? right but the dance music thing for me was I just loved the music like, mm-hmm. the music was just Fantastic, and in the nineties it was the the dawn of the super club era. Yeah. So like Cream, Gate Crasher, Ministry of Sound, God's Kitchen. Da 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 da, and they're rolling out these tours. So like, I I grew up in Bangor, and we had the Boom Boom Room, which was the, if I remember rightly, Disco International Nightclub of the Year, nineteen ninety seven. Ooh, 
I fancy. I think that's, I think that's the what boom, it was. The boom, boom, boom. But anyway, right, so they had, and it sounds like something really dodgy, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, they had all these international DJs coming all the time, and I was just, like, I couldn't wait. Whenever I got off the train from school, because I went to school in Belfast, got the train home, and then I got onto a wee bus, the busy bus. Yeah. Or was it the flexi bus? Whatever it was. The busy bus to the boom, boom, room. And it took me down Main Street and then up High Street, and every week... Like on a Wednesday, they would put the flyers into the window, like the posters of who's going to be like coming up. And I couldn't wait for the bus to turn the corner. And then I'd be glaring. and I would always sit on the left-hand side of the bus so I could see what the poster was in the mm-hmm. window and who was coming. And it was like Jeremy Healy, CJ McIntosh, Danny Rampling, uh, Graham, Graham Park. I don't uh, know any of those names. Paul Oakenfold. Pete oh, Tull- no, Paul you, Yeah, all yeah. that. So like uh, Judge Jules. Yeah. Oh, that's what big Seb, names Seb Fontaine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just, I was just absolutely just transfixed with wanting to be a DJ. And that's another thing. If you want to have the piss taken out, if you're right, yeah. um, play hockey, uh, have a surname Snodden, and tell everyone you want to be a DJ. And guaranteed. Yes. That's the way it worked. That, so I lived my teenage years by not telling anyone that I wanted to be. Well, like a performer. I, I did performance stuff, but I was just like, I'm not going to make it. I think I, I genuinely wanted to be a pop star when I was like in my mid-teens, but I, I had a terrible voice. But I was like, but other people are doing it with terrible voices. So I just didn't tell anybody because I was like, I know you get slagged yeah. if people think you want to be like in front of a camera or on air or like singing or any of those things. Immediately people were like, we'll prove it then. But you see before all this manifestation stuff. Yeah. And, and the secret. <laughs> yeah. Think about it. And it will happen. Yeah. Before all that, I sort of felt that if I didn't tell anybody, then... It wasn't really? It, it was, yeah, it wasn't real and it wasn't going to happen. So I felt the need to tell like some of my nearest and dearest, my closest mates, and say, here, listen, this is what I want to do. I had to sit you down and come out as a DJ. And then they would have laughed. And then I would say, listen, keep it between us. Yeah. Then I'd go and tell everyone else. <laughs> yeah. And that was, was your mum like, son, we always knew. Uh, it was always the signs were there when were you there. were wee you were like yeah. holding two plates up to your ears listen I'll tell you something right I'll never forget it my mum and dad's friend Celia and Brian right I think it was it was one of their 40th birthdays right mm-hmm. and I'm an only child no older siblings to look after me no babysitter so you I have went, to go I went to the 40th birthday party right and I'll never forget it so the DJ was a guy called Errol Right? No idea what the second, na- second name was. But whenever mum and dad were there, and obviously you could smoke all the time mm-hmm. inside, and they're there, and dad's having this southern comfort, and the party's going on, and Errol's standing there playing the tunes. So I just left the party, and I just went and stood beside Errol for the night. And I just stood there, like, his, like Errol didn't know me from Adam. No. And I just sat and watched him lifting out his wee seven inch records and putting them on. And then Errol needed a smoke. And I said, Errol, I got your back. I'm your man. <laughs> And I put the next tune on for Errol. That like, was the start of something that, special. I, I, was, I was 10 years old at the time. And have you ever heard a sense of that guy? No. Wonder does he know that that weird child would not leave him alone at that party that night? Yeah, all those it's years It's cool if Pete's nodding. Well, there you go. So yeah, Errol, nice one. Do you know what? I bet you there's a really angry man running around Belfast being like, I started his career <laughs> and I've had no thanks ever since. You see the one thing about about. DJing and playing tunes and entertaining, it's 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 the best feeling in the world when it goes right and the mm. records just pick themselves. But the one thing which I loved the most about it was the record shop experience, which which no one has now because everyone just downloads their songs and that's it. But going to the record shop and um, I remember the first time going in and it was, it was such an intimidating place because yeah. all the DJs who were about the time were coming in, they all had, they knew the people behind the counter, the people behind the counter. It was were like ke- a social experience. They were keeping all the best tunes yeah. for the regular punters and then you had to come in and break down that sort of, so you became one of the regulars yeah. and then you go in there and then eventually it became just like, I loved it. Like I would have been going around the town four days a week going to record shops. I would have been shopping three or four shops in town, then up in Coleraine, Bangor. I would have, and then buying stuff in England and stuff like that and knowing people in all the shops and the crack and the banter and I would have spent hours in there. Where are all your records now from then? At home. Oh, you still have I, them I have all? kept every single one. So we have loads of records in our house too. We would buy them now because we have mm-hmm. a wee record player, but we would buy like, you know, go into charity shops and buy the really yeah. old ones and stuff. But there's always messages written inside them. Do you know, like, to Lenny, from your big sister Stacey, 1986 or whatever, like, yeah. Merry Christmas. And I absolutely 
love that where you like open your own this and like many of them have because they've been and I don't know if people because like, it was usually gifts like people buying them for other people reminds me of um, so whenever mix CDs started coming about mm-hmm. and Ministry of Sound were releasing the annual every year and all the, all the dance tracks and whatever there was an album that came out that my mate Tim and I who we went to school together and we, we shared a love of dance music but there was this one album came out it was called A Retrospective of House 1991 to 95 on CD I'm on your memory and um, and it was class it was the, it was the best it was, it was brilliant Like, it was, and it was all these tunes on it that you couldn't get like you couldn't have got the, you couldn't have got them on vinyl anyway many 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 years later they'd done a limited run of like that CD on vinyl and it wasn't mixed. Oh, right. Tim came across it like about 20 years after and uh, he must have, I don't know where he found it and he bought it for me and he, he wrote on it to Pete. Da, da, oh, da, yeah, da, yeah. Da, da. And I, that's the one record I always remember that has the inscription the written on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's great though because if, like, if we, we would look through yours every now and then because you buy ones in a charity shop and then you forget you've bought them and they just sort of pile up and we always put on Christmas records and stuff in the house. You know it's Christmas in our house when Sean has a wee Christmas record on. And I love just like filing through. They smell absolutely stinking, but it's a great stinking. So, so I've got all my records are. I can I can lift a record out. So I still buy sniff it and I, know who it is just I, by the sniff. I still I tell you this right. I still have um, every record I've bought, but I don't buy records the way I used to. Like years ago, like I would have been out spend 100, 150 pound a week on records. Like that's wild. But you're buying European imports and all twelve pound a pop. And this is back like in like the late 90s, early noughties. But if I lift a record out, mm. I can tell you exactly what, you know, there's no label or anything. I can tell you where I was, what shop I bought it in. Oh, really? Who I bought it off, the nightclubs I would Just have been. Just by sniffing it? But you talk <laughs> about sniffing it, right? So there's a club that, do you, do you remember the Network Club in Belfast? No. It was in North Street. And I DJed in the network for years. Um, but the network had a smell. Like a right. funky smell? It was like a, it was a, it was a vodka Red Urine. Bull, you know, your feet stuck to the floor. Aye. But it was just incredible, mm-hmm. right? It was, it was, inc- it was incredible. Like the the atmosphere in there and whatever. But there's some records I would have played in there, and I guarantee you now, like the place is is closed. What, fifteen years? I guarantee if I pull one out and you sniff the vinyl record, you'll still smell the <laughs> network. <laughs> guarantee. You're like that's that man's Earl's urine. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, what a place. Anyway, uh, yeah. the, the the music the music was just what it was always about. And then the, doing the broadcasting came after that because as much as I always wanted to do radio, getting in, I thought this is mix the records and then back announce the tracks or announce the track that you're yeah. doing. And that's that's it. That's it. That's, that's, that, that's it. And that, that's what got me in. And, then, and then, What about TV? Everyone who, asks me this question. Is it is it something that you would want to pursue, or who do we need to bump off to make a place for a space for you? Okay, so it's really it, you know what it's a really interesting question because I get this all the time. Do you not fancy doing TV? And it's not that I don't fancy doing TV. Like I've turned up on TV occasionally over yeah, the yeah, years. Yeah, of course, yeah. And and I always really enjoy it. Um. And what I want to do and do some stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think I think in Northern Ireland we're really limited with what is actually There's produced. not that many there's, opportunities there, there, of things, there, yeah. there, There's really not. I mean, yeah. you know, there's not that much made. Um, and, and what is made is, I mean, there's, there's very, yeah, comedy, great. But away from that in terms of entertainment programming. No, no there's none. We don't have a, like a chat show. We don't have a late night entertainment show. We don't have like a, our own like sort of Jonathan Ross or a Graham yeah, Norton yeah, or, like or, a, or, or a John Daly as he was and Jerry Kelly back in the we day. We have none of those anymore. Katie back in the day um, and all that. We don't have all that. And um, so yeah, of course, yeah, I'd love to do all that. Absolutely. But th- here's the thing, right? And I'll be really honest with you. See, whenever I was growing up, mm. like the TV was there and I loved the TV and watching TV on Saturday night and I grew up on the two Ronnies. I grew up on Carry on movies. I grew up on um, Only Fools and Horses yeah. and and all that, right? And and I loved it. Saturday night television, the gladiators, and on all that stuff. But you see, on a Saturday night, I would sit down around the kitchen table with mum and dad. Mum always made a fry on a Saturday night. And what we, a bizarre! Yeah, not 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 every Saturday night, but a lot of Saturday nights. I remember having a fry on a Saturday Aye. night? I was class. Aye. But at at six fifty five, I left to go upstairs to listen to Mark Wesley's dance show on Cool FM. 
Oh, really? And I switched the radio on. Yeah, and it was Pete Tong on Friday night on Radio 1. And and the radio was just where it was at for me. Like, from from I was no age. I went to bed at night. I Yes, I had a TV in my room, but I would have just listened to the radio. So, so so yes, TV, yeah, great. But for me growing up, it was never about the TV. So I just you, always wanted to do radio. Did Obviously. you listen to the radio, I'm assuming, not passively? Because, do you know, like most people, if they go up to the room, teenagers stick their radio on, you're reading a magazine or you're tidying up or you're doing something else, or would you literally sit... And listen. Yeah, I just sat and listened. That was the activity. And even, even like, you see, whenever I was at university, like at university, I was 99, 2000, 2001, and I still would have just went up to my room at night and I would just suck a radio on. It was just always about the radio. And that's You sad. needed more friends, that, Pete. That, that is, that is to get you so, out. That is so sad, but it's just the way it is. Yeah. And, and so I, I make no bones about it. Like, it was always radio number one, and, and I love, and I love audio, and you see this podcast and space everyone's yeah. in and whatnot. I love all this. This yeah. is great. You see, if this had been around whenever I was 14, 15, like it would have just, and that's why I always say to people who say to me about doing radio or whatever, does it have a space? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because the one thing which is great about radio for me is the fact that it's live. It's only live once and it gives you a sense of time, a sense of place. This is this is great too, but I'll choose to listen to you. When you want when to. When I yeah. want to listen to it. Whereas at a time... You know, mm-hmm. if it's in the morning or it's late at night or it's afternoon, whenever, whatever time of the day it is, there's someone there. It's that friend. Um, it's the, it's that music. It's that it's that connection with people. And radio is just all this is amazing, and it just offers another platform. But the live element of it, the live element of it, I just, I just absolutely love. People will always be like traveling as well. Like it's the thing. You like you're in your car. You put the radio on. Like I would never put like a spot. Spotify or a playlist or something on in the car I would always just turn the radio mm. on that's where I always listen but but again, again I'm a, I'm a radio on Iraq right I'm a spotter like I would listen to American radio or listen to radio in Australia and different parts of the world and it gives you a sense of like I remember whenever internet started this is so sad right and um, you could uh, this is even before apps right mm-hmm. so I could get radio stations like in America and stuff online yeah. so whenever I was able to get the browser on the mobile phone I remember plugging the mobile phone into the car and I'm like driving across the West Link, listening to like Hot 97 in Detroit or whatever. What a life. <laughs> driving across the West Link. Yeah. Salt in the census, that is. Yeah, that is. What a way to live. But then it, it, it's, it's, it's like when you discover that you can like Google things. Yeah. You're like, I can find out information about things I don't know yeah, no, in it, two seconds. I tell you what, my parents would have loved it if they had Google back in the day. Yeah. I, I don't think my parents should be allowed near Google. Well, my mum has purposely stayed away from it. Mm. So my mum my mom has a very simple existence. Yeah. She, she has internet. Which should be cherished. She, she, she has internet. She doesn't use it. She has no mobile phone. She just, she's, she's 100% old school. And no matter how much you speak to her about it, I don't want that. It's much easier for my mum to tell me, give me her bank card and I go to the bank yeah. machine for her. When Facebook started, my mum, I made her a Facebook. She was like, I want to stay in contact with people. I made her a Facebook. But do you know why everyone's statuses come up? And she thought they were all directly to her. People were like, she'd be like, why does your friend Mary keep telling me she's hungover? <laughs> she's not talking to you. Like, but, but she, so I would see that my ma would be writing underneath everyone's status that day, going, God, I have a lot of people to write back to. Like, everyone's letting me know they're cracking. I don't really know that we get it, but she's she's letting me know about how she got on in her GCSE, so I must congratulate her. I tell you what, she'd be writing back to everybody. See if I get my mum onto Facebook, that would get her day in, no baller. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, she would just be like, hours and hours. And my father in law won't. Him, he's just as bad as my mum. They both of them should not be allowed on online. They both had Facebook, and they're friends with each other on Facebook as well. And it came up on my feed, on my news feed on Facebook one time that my father-in-law <laughs> had written into the Christy Murr fan club page, "Happy birthday, Donna." My mum's called Donna. And I was like, where does he think he is? He he must have just thought, if I just go online and write it somewhere, <laughs> she shall receive the message. Christy Moore, what a legend. Yeah. I always think of him playing with Chris Martin at Oxygen many years Did ago. They? So Coldplay played 
And then, like, I didn't know this, but Christy Moores lives somewhere near Punchestown, right? Right. And then Chris Martin welcomes him on as if, like, he's, like, he's just sitting he's in the room. He's just like, in he's, the room. Like, he's, like, literally, like, three streets away. So we just thought we'd bring him on yeah. for the crack. And he came on and played. It's class. That would have been unreal. I'm a big Christy Moore fan. Yeah, he came on, he played right on, and then he rode off into the yeah. sunset. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Um, right, before we finish up, what is your remember well, when? We've finished already. Moment? Yeah, we've been here finished now. Finished already. Halfway. Yeah. Jeez. Um, what is your remember when moment? When I discovered Back to the Future. Yes. Um, if I go to any, like I have so many favourite movies. I, I really do believe that movies back when we were kids were so much better than movies now. Well, it's your perspective because we had less of them to choose from. Whereas now we're absolutely spoiled rotten. We can be very judgmental and we can just turn it over. When was the last time you watched a movie? Um, Not recently. I watched it. I see. I watched TV series, like binge yeah, series. It's changed the whole. It's changed the whole game. Oh, do you know what? I did watch a movie recently, and it was they were, they were stuck in a room, and it was just two people in a room. They had to survive in a room for like hundred and fifty days, and they would get like a million pound at the end of it. And it was, it was painful to watch. Because so like how much content can you give from that? So that's the thing. Yeah. I watched Top Gun Maverick, which was absolutely sensational. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, I couldn't tell you the last time I went to see. It. Oh, the James Bond. Right. Movie, okay, right? So There's a theme here. Yeah. And it all goes back to my childhood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So anyway, discovering um, discovering Back to the Future, which for me will be the best movie of all time. The screenplay, how it's written, how the three, epi- the three um, I was going to call them episodes, yeah, the three movies three came movies. together. Michael J. Fox, like... I my heart just breaks mm-hmm. every time I see him now, and obviously he's got Parkinson's disease, um, and like he he still he comes across so well, and he's done a, such an amazing job profiling what um, how that affects the human body and whatever. Yeah. But to me, he's still Marty McFly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still on the skateboard. He like that that movie for me had such an unbelievable impact as me as a kid. I remember leaving my house to go out thinking I was Marty McFly on the skateboard with the wee like she lay thing yeah, the on wee jacket. Over, yeah, yeah. Over, over the denim jacket yeah. and then going to the bottom of the street and whenever whenever I was younger where our houses were being built there was like a builder's yard around mm-hmm. and then there used to be the the trucks bringing the bricks in and night would have come out and then I used to sit there and wait wait and then the hope try to catch up oh, and hold on to the back of the truck so sad <laughs> So that was it. And like you see the movies now, like you could I could stick the movie on. Yeah. This is really sad, right? And just turn the volume off and I could just talk through the monologue. And back to the future, you know all the lines? All the lines. Go. Oh come on. <laughs> We've got six hours. Go. You told me this was this was time up. What is the opening line of the very first one? So the opening line of the very first one is the clocks are ticking. Right. And then Marty McFly walks into Doc Brown's house. And then he plays the guitar on the massive big speaker that Doc Brown has uh, created and it fires him back into the speaker and he wrecks it because of the power of the speaker. But it's just so clever. I just can't... Whenever it was written, it's just... Like the, the clips on the TV screen whenever he walks into his house, that all makes sense yeah, of the movie smart, later on. Course, it's really, yeah. really clever. And the second one, don't care what anyone says, the second one is the best because you're in 1985, you're back to 1955, you're going to the future and you're back. It's just, it's class. Have you ever been on a DeLorean? Yes. So many years ago, I spoke about it on the radio and a guy very kindly came down. He must be part of the DeLorean club or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he came down and he took us... Um, around Belfast not to sit in a bypass I've never shaken as much in my life in a car yeah I was so it was it was just when I'm not shaking because it was like oh my god I'm in Glorian just yeah. because it was physically shaking yeah like it was filmed in one for soft border patrol and it felt it feels like you're inside like it doesn't feel like a car it feels like a machine like a piece of machinery I'm telling you now right I love the fact that it was built up the road in Dunmurray amazing um I that's another movie I have watched I've watched Dunmurray up the road in Dunmurray <laughs> the DeLorean story is like another cracker. Um, but I've always said, even to this day, and I know it's a bucket of junk in terms of like, but like, how cool is it? It is cool. It's, the look at it, It's cool, right? Mm-hmm. And I always said that if I made a few quid and I had a few pounds sitting around spare, which won't happen, but if it did, I would buy one. How much are they? 
I reckon years ago you probably could have got one for about 25, 30 grand. Not now. Like, I reckon mm-hmm. you're paying. I, I don't know. Get on Auto Trader. But are they. <laughs> so, is there many of them? I don't know. Like, I don't understand the whole thing about the Delorean. I, so also, like, I also want as I well. I thought there was always just one. Right. So, I thought the one I got, I thought that, I thought the one they brought, I was like, whoa, it's from. The, and they were like, it's not actually the one. And I was like, oh, well, that makes this way less special for me. Um, there's one down the Ulster Folk and Transport Museum. Right. So, there's one there you can go have a look at. But the test track, right? Um, which the DeLoreans were tested on around Dunmurray where the factory is, the test track's still there. So every wee while, all DeLorean owners, they all come together and then they drive up and they go around the wee test track. I mean, that's a fun day out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. I would, I would quite like to go down to that. <laughs> I think you could be invited. <laughs> there you go. So that, that so, so my memory is just that, that, that movie played such a pivotal role for me in terms of my... Like, you know what I t- tell you now about Entourage sort of replaced Back to the Future? Because mm. for so many years, if I was having a wee moment, we down dead, stick on Marley. Better Back to the Future. I that's what I would have done. And then now I sort of stick on Entourage. Well, I'm glad those are getting you through the tough times. <laughs> 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 Something is. Right, would you like to plug anything before we go? Obviously, everyone knows your video show on yeah, Cool FM. Cool FM. Myself and Paolo and Rebecca, weekday, six o'clock uh, in the morning. And we... Have a lot of fun. And your <laughs> Instagram handles and stuff are... Hi, my name. It's at, P- at Peter Snizzles. That's, <laughs> that, that's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly it. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank, I really thank appreciate you. It. Thank you for having us. I've enjoyed the chat. That's great. I'm, I'm delighted. Off you, you go. You said that. You know what? You said that like you didn't give a damn. Really passive like, aggressive. Literally. Thanks, you've passed an hour for me. <laughs> Kept the sponsors happy. I've been able to plug some tickets from a show coming up the Opera House. And I just want to get home and watch the Andros. get yourself out. Get yourself in your car. Take yourself off to wherever you came from. And if I've got an hour to fill again somewhere down the line, I might give you a shout. But don't hold out waiting for the phone to ring. I just want you to leave and fix your hair. All right, thank you. <laughs> You're joking. Thank you, Pete. Thank you. Good to see you.